Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A It's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 154 of Brewers on Tap. The crew is in Pittsburgh getting ready for a four-game series with the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Brewers and Pirates have not faced each other yet this year. It's really amazing when you consider that it's almost the month of June and neither of these teams have seen each other. However, uh, the crew have seen the Cardinals uh, 10 times already this season. They've seen the Cubs uh, six times already this season, and yet have seen the Reds five times. They, they just have not seen the Pirates yet. It's really amazing. But that all changes this weekend as these two teams get ready for a four-game series. The crew coming off an off day on Wednesday in Pittsburgh, and of course a split with the Twins in Minneapolis on Monday and Tuesday. Come from behind victory on Monday. Orlando Arcia uh, continues to stay hot at the plate. He launched a big two-run home run to give the Brewers the lead on Monday, and then on Tuesday dropping a 5-3 to three contest at the hands of the Twins. This is one of the uh, best teams in baseball right now, the Minnesota Twins. They are red hot. They have over 100 home runs on the season, a bullpen that's putting up some really good numbers, a rotation that is achieving at a higher level than most people thought. It's been impressive to watch. So a good split for the crew before getting ready for this divisional series against the Pirates. couple of Brewers that are doing some really promising things right now uh, for the crew. One is Yasmani Grandal at the plate. He has been red hot over his last 13 games, a 300 batting average, but five home runs, two doubles, a triple. He's driven in 13. He's taken 11 walks in that span, over a 13-game span for Yasmani Grandal. Of course, he's had to carry the bulk of the load behind the plate during this span because Manny Pena has been on the 10-day IL. And Grandal has been able to play every day, be in there, and continue to put up some really good offensive numbers right now for the crew. He has an OPS of 1.217, 1,217 for his OPS and he's slugging at a 775 clip. That's over these last 13 games for Yasmani Grandal. So the other thing about Yasmani Grandal that I think most people will find interesting is if you dive into his splits, what he's doing against left-handed pitching. As a right-handed hitter, Yasmani Grandal has been really good this year. 309 average, four home runs, nine driven in. Now that is different than what it has been for him in the past. He's been much better from the left side, specifically the power numbers from the left side over the course of his career. You go back to 2018 for him, and you look at his splits. Against left-handed pitching, he hit just 206 as a right-handed hitter last year with seven doubles, four home runs for the whole season, and he hit 20 home runs against right-handed pitching last year as a left-handed batter. So you can see where that has changed this year. He already has those four home runs. He's hitting over 100 points higher. Uh, than he was a year ago, and um, really having some good success against left-handed pitching this year for Yasmani Grandal, which has been really good to see. The other 
player that is really getting it done right now at the plate for the crew is another right-handed hitter, Grandal a switch hitter, but getting it done as a right-handed hitter. Orlando Arcia has provided the Brewers with a lot at the bottom of the lineup, whether he's hitting eighth or against American League teams like he was against the Twins earlier this week, hitting ninth. Uh, Orlando Arcia has been running really hot for the crew, and you go back to May 17th in Atlanta, so over his last 10 games, Arcia hitting 344, a couple of home runs, eight driven in. He's 11 for 32 in that span for Orlando Arcia. That has been really encouraging. He's had a good month of May, hitting 291 in the month of May with those two home runs, and he's driven in 10. The other encouraging thing, 11 walks in the month of May for Orlando Arcia. 11 walks. Now, that might not sound like a huge number, but for Orlando Arcia, that's a big number. 18 walks on the season already in 55 games. Now, go back with Orlando Arcia and look at his career at the plate, okay? Now, he has never been a guy that that draws a lot of walks. He does not take a ton of walks. That's been his M.O. over the course of his career. Last year in 119 games, 15 walks. So he's already better than that total from a year ago. He had that really nice 2017 season where he had 277, 15 home runs, drove in 53. He took 36 walks that entire year. He's halfway there in 202 plate appearances. He had 548 plate, plate appearances in 2017. So he is maturing at the plate. He is taking more pitches. He is not uh, being as much of a free swinger. And he is making the opponents throw him more strikes. And as a result, he's doing more damage with the pitches that he's getting. That's a real sign of maturity for Orlando Arcia. And it's very, very encouraging. Okay, here's what we have for you on the podcast today. We're going to sit down with Brewers bench coach Pat Murphy, a great baseball mind. We're going to talk to him about a plethora of things, including the analytics side of baseball and how you implement that on the field and the communication and how you talk to players now with all the information that is available to you. We're going to get into that with Pat Murphy in just a few moments. Also, we're going to talk to Brewers reliever Junior Guerra, who is off to a very good start for the crew, becoming one of those really dependable arms for Craig Council at the back part of the bullpen. So we're going to get a chance to talk to Junior, and we're going to check out everything on the farm. Jimmy Nelson with another good start, no earned runs allowed for San Antonio on Wednesday night. Another good step in the right direction for Jimmy Nelson to hopefully get himself back sooner rather than later. We'll check on Travis Shaw's progress in AAA. And, of course, Manny Pena is in the middle of a rehab assignment, and he could be joining the Brewers very soon. All of that coming up on Brewers on Tap. Let's begin by breaking it down with Brewers bench coach Pat Murphy. Let's break it down. And we are joined by Brewers bench coach Pat Murphy. Uh, fourth year now with Craig Council on this staff. And, and you and Craig go way back, as everybody knows. And uh, I'm sure this has been fun for you to have a, a front row seat and to be a part of this with Craig as you guys go back and forth. Yeah, I can't tell you. Um, knowing a guy for as long as I have and watching him grow in the game and excel in the game the way he has, like few other ever have. And then to see him manage and uh, take on this role has just been, it's been fun. I've learned a bunch. Uh, my respect for him has grown and grown, and uh, that's not always the case, you know, when you know a guy that long, and he's doing what you've done, and, and all of a sudden, uh, he's, uh, he's doing it really well, and uh, I'm proud to be part of this staff with 
there's a whole bunch of great staff members here, and we're 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 supporting Craig, and it's been a fun process. What is it like when they're? You know, this had been kind of the same staff for quite a few years, and now some new faces. I'm sure that's fun too to integrate some some new voices and some new ideas into things. Well, first thing, it's tough to lose old friends. You know what I mean? Like the, you grow together, you're together six months in the bunker, so to speak, and uh, then to have those guys go, you know, those guys will be friends for life. You know, it's um, something you just build that mutual respect for each other and uh, that friendship. So it's tough to lose those guys, but the new guys are great, and uh, it's been fun getting to know them and fun having them go through the ropes the way we did when we first started and giving them a hard time and uh, certain staff members are easier to get on than others and that's that's a fun process for me and um, yeah it's it's uh, the great thing is we all have a common goal you know we all want to win and we all want to help players play at their best so um, that makes it easy to get along. Analytics have become a big part of the game and not just from a player evaluation standpoint but from the standpoint of you know, how you position on the field with shifts and everything else. How has that changed how you communicate uh, from day to day in the game of baseball? Well, it really helps because it backs up what you're saying. You know, so all of a sudden you tell a guy, hey, we think that, you know, the ball in this part of the zone is, is better for you. And he, if he questions it, you go, look, look at this. You know, and they, they show all the charts and graphs that, that uh, validate it. So no question, uh, the analytics have helped us immensely. It's information. It's solid information. It's backed up by, you know, uh, uh, a lot of data, and um, you know, for, for that reason, it, it's a it's a tool for us to help players. And that's really what it's all about. When there's a close play on the field, uh, you typically go to the phone. You talk to the video guys, and then you relay to Craig Council whether or not this is something that the Brewers should challenge or maybe let let ride, so to speak. Um, what is it like kind of being the go-between in those situations? I got the easy job. You know, I, I, just, I really do. I have the easy job in that, that regard. The guys in the video room, th these guys do an unbelievable job, and nobody understands. There's a couple factors. One is they got to get it right in a very short amount of time, and they don't ha always have a good angle. You're at the mercy of the slow motion when it comes in. You're at the mercy of the TV angles, uh, camera angles, and – you know they're doing an unbelievable job of of getting that information as quickly as they can and then deciphering it and then the game situation dictates the other day we challenged challenged one and we knew we weren't going to win it but there was a really small chance but it was the seventh inning and it was time to do it so why not do it sometimes it breaks the momentum of the game um, so when we have an in-between play that uh, we can't see clearly but maybe Sometimes we go ahead and challenge it anyway. Sometimes we forego it because we don't want to break the momentum of the game. But um, there's very few, um, by and large, that, that the umpires flat out miss. And these guys get it. We, we haven't had one this year that, that the umpires missed, but we didn't have it you know, as a, as a play to challenge. So a lot of challenges are for the sake of, of using your challenge in the first seven innings. You might as well use it. If there's a, even a sliver of a chance, they could change it. Murph, we always appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101. Okay, this week in Sabermetrics 101, we're going to look at two different players for the Brewers. We touched on Orlando Arcia just a little bit 
earlier in the podcast. We will revisit his numbers in just a few moments. But let's begin with Brandon Woodruff. He is 7-1, a 3-2-2 ERA, started 11 games this year, 64 in a third innings on the mound already for Brandon Woodruff. He pitched in the 40s in terms of his number of innings a season ago with the Brewers. So he's already blown past his career high in innings pitched over the last couple of years. And of course, that's understandable. He's full-time in the rotation now. He was back and forth with the rotation in the bullpen last year and with AAA, and the same thing in 2017. But he is establishing himself now as a frontline starter in this Brewers rotation. Looking at the numbers, really the numbers aren't drastically different than what they were in 2018 in terms of the peripherals. The K percentage is up a little bit, 29.1% strikeout rate for Brandon Woodruff against his opponents. His walk percentage down maybe a little bit, a 6.6 walk percentage for Brandon Woodruff against his opponents. But really, those numbers both very, very good. That's why earlier in the year, if you'll remember, we talked to you about Brandon Woodruff's numbers and why the ERA was a little bit misleading and that there should be a correction coming. And it has come, and it has come in a big way. He's striking out 10.49 batters per nine innings right now. That's very, very good. He's also giving up less ground balls, which was a little bit surprising to me, and a little bit more fly ball ratio from uh, Brandon Woodruff right now. He's throwing more change-ups. He's mixing in the curveball just a little bit more than he has in the past. And, of course, he's added that to Seamer, which has played very well with the changeup in on right-handed hitters. It's been impressive to see, and Brandon Woodruff having himself a monster season so far on the mound for the crew. Orlando Arcia, we told you about some of the numbers that are very encouraging with him. And I really think that it's somewhat simple with Orlando Arcia in that you can look at one number and see why the other numbers are improving. And I think with Orlando, when you look at the walk rate, the walk percentage. He has walked 18 times this year. Again, 18 times in 202 plate appearances. He walked 15 times last year in 366 plate appearances. 36 times in 2017 in 548 plate appearances. He just did not take very many walks early on in his career. And he's never going to be a huge on-base percentage guy, but the fact that he's starting to take more walks tells you some other things about the at-bats he's putting together. He is more disciplined. He is not as much of a free swinger. He's not chasing as much out of the zone. And as a result, he's getting a chance to put more damage on the pitches that he's getting because he's getting more pitches in his wheelhouse. And his slugging percentage, 408 right now. Last year, it was 307. He has six home runs this year. He had three all of last season. He had a good slugging percentage in 2017, but that was really in spite of not taking walks. I think this number could jump even more. We've always known that Orlando Arcia has a lot of pop in that bat, maybe more than you realize. And I think as he continues to get more disciplined at the plate, you're going to see him get more mistake pitches. You're going to see pitchers have to come in to him in the strike zone a little bit more. And I think you're going to see him do more and more damage especially hitting towards the bottom of this lineup. Really impressive stuff from Orlando Arcia. And I think uh, it's something that Brewers fans should be very encouraged about. Braun sends it to left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone again for Ryan Braun. He just hit another three-run shot out of here. Time to catch up with the crew. Junior Guerra, and you've had a, a, a really 
I guess I would use the term smooth transition to the bullpen this year. This has been a role that you have flourished in, and I would guess getting more and more comfortable in as well as the season's gone along. Oh, thank you, Amber. Uh, I feel really comfortable right now in the bullpen, and I think I enjoy every opportunity the, the manager gives me, and I put, I put all my I got for help the team win games. You've always had good swing and miss stuff. Your splitter was a, a real weapon for you in the 2016 season. The last couple of years, your breaking ball has really become an important pitch for you also. How has all of that changed or been tweaked now that you're in the bullpen versus being a starting pitcher? Has much changed in terms of what you throw and when you throw it? Yeah, well, uh, I learned last year, uh, I think the end of the season, my curve and I practice in the uh, postseason uh, post games where I pitch. And when I go to Venezuela, I practice a lot. And I, I feel I, I, I got it right now. And that's why I use a lot in, in the game. And my splitter is, I lost a little bit last year. But in this spin training, I work here out with Villanueva a lot. Uh, and I think I got it, I got it again. Junior, you, you pitched out of the bullpen, as you already alluded to, in the postseason last year and had a, a really good outing against the Dodgers in L.A. And you've also pitched out of the bullpen before in your career, so this wasn't brand new to you. How much did that performance in the postseason kind of show you that, hey, this is something I can do? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's different game. That game is postseason because you have to be focused and because it's tight game and then... You have to be like really good concentration and make pitches. But I feel I feel really good right now, and I feel like I can help the team win games from the bullpen. Was it a challenge for you to get your arm ready to go on a daily basis versus the schedule you were on before? You can repeat that. Was it a challenge for you to get your arm ready to go on a daily basis versus when you were a starting pitcher? You knew you had X amount of time between starts. Well, I think the, the uh, manager, the staff, I think used me like really good because he gave me a time for warm up and the bullpen. And, and then after that, I, I'm working with the trainers for be ready every day. Junior, this bullpen, as it's kind of come together, you know Josh Hader's a big part of it, and uh, you're kind of the the other guy, the other high-leverage guy that can go more than three outs. You can go get four or five outs if necessary, maybe even six. Is it fun to kind of form that duo with Josh at the back of the bullpen? Oh, yeah, it's really fun. Uh, Hader, Hader, he's Hader. Right? He's an awesome guy. But in the bullpen, every, every guy is in the bullpen right now. It's like family. Every 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 guy stay together, and but that's that's why I think we 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 doing good right now. Junior, always appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving us some time today. No, thank you. Checking in on the farm. As we go down on the farm and check out the Brewers minor leagues, we begin in Class A Wisconsin, where the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers currently sit at 24 and 27. Manny Pena was just in Appleton with the Timber Rattlers in the midst of a rehab assignment, uh, picked up a hit 
on Wednesday night went one for two as he caught behind the plate for part of that game against Clinton. The Timber Rattlers have been really encouraged, and really the Brewers have also been really encouraged, by Bryce Terang, the first-round draft pick from 2018, and what he has been able to do so far this season. It has been incredible. He's now hitting 315 on the year. He had two more hits on Tuesday. It has been fun to watch Bryce Terang in his first full professional season. Think about that. It's his first full professional season, and this is what he is doing right now. He has been absolutely on fire. Not a guy that's going to hit for a ton of power, but he is going to hit for average. 315 average, 2 for 5 on Wednesday night, drove in two more runs for Bryce Terang. Uh, It's been really, really impressive what he's been able to do. And the other name in Class A that people should pay close attention to is catcher slash first baseman David Fry. He goes 2 for 5 on Wednesday, drives in two more runs, collected a couple more doubles. He has 22 doubles. That leads minor league baseball. David Fry, a college bat that the Brewers drafted, hitting 301 on the year. He may not be long for Wisconsin. He may be moving up to Class A advanced at some point in the near future, depending on how things shake up, shake out, I should say, with some of the rosters above him. But certainly a guy that is uh, gaining some traction and getting some attention, and rightfully so, within the Brewers organization. The Carolina Mudcats are 29-23. and They lost on Wednesday to Winston-Salem by a score of 9-1. And we've told you a lot about the two young catchers in Carolina, Mario Feliciano and Peyton Henry. They put up some good power numbers early in the season. Tristan Lutz is there as well. He's a prospect to keep an eye on. He is hitting just two twenty-eight so far on the year. Uh, But those are some names to keep an eye on from a prospect standpoint in Class A advanced. And, of course, there's some really good arms in Carolina as well. And probably the most notable arm in Carolina is Noah Zavallis, who is in the Domingo Santana trade. He has pitched at an extremely high level in that rotation for the Carolina Mudcats. Double A Biloxi. They're going to send Trey Shupak to the mound today. He has a 2-1-2 ERA. He has been absolutely dominant on the mound in AA. Another guy to keep an eye on in terms of moving up at some point, uh, depending on how things shake out. The rosters depend and impact this a lot, so it depends on what's happening above him. But just in terms of merit and what he's doing and what he's accomplishing at AA, that's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. The Shuckers lost to Tennessee on Wednesday by a score two to one. That snapped a winning streak for the Shuckers. They had been running red hot, and they're getting some good play right now from Trent Grisham. He went one for three on Wednesday. He's brought his batting average up to 243, which has been encouraging to see for Trent Grisham. Uh, Joangel Segovia earned the promotion up to Double A, and he went one for four in his first game with the Shuckers. Uh, so that's another name that he had a really nice start to high A. He started last year in Wisconsin, so he's moved up quite a bit over the last 12 months or so, uh, which has been an encouraging thing. And uh, another young name in the Brewers system to keep an eye on in Joe Angel Segovia. Triple uh, A San Antonio, 34-20 and 20 overall. They won at Memphis 3-2 to two on Wednesday. We told you about Jimmy Nelson. He's now 3-0 and with a 3.75 ERA. Uh, He has been optioned to San Antonio now, so his rehab assignment is over. He has been optioned to San Antonio, and when the time is right, he's going to be back with the Brewers before it's all said and done. He went five innings, 
three hits, a run. It was an unearned run. He walked three. He struck out seven. That's encouraging stuff from Jimmy Nelson. And the Brewers are liking what they are seeing from him, and hopefully that continues um, as the next couple of weeks unfold. Mauricio Dubon is having himself a very nice season. He went one for three on Wednesday. He's hitting 285 on the year, 333 over his last 10 games, six home runs for Mauricio Dubon, and 22 driven in, and of course playing very good defense all along the way. The MLB draft coming up next week. We'll have more on that draft on our next podcast. We're looking forward to that. All right, let's check out what's coming up. Here's what's on tap. Okay, as we see what's on tap, we begin with the homestand coming up this next week, June the 4th. That's a Tuesday night, 640 start. That is a theme night ticket package. Stitch and Pitch fans who purchase a special Stitch and Pitch ticket package will receive a Brewers tote bag. June the 5th, that's a 640 start as well, so a season seat holder appreciation day. June the 6th, 110 start against the Marlins. Those three games against the Marlins. Then the Pirates come to town on the weekend. Friday, 7-10 start uh, for the Brewers against the Pirates. That's a can holder night presented by Miller Lite. The first 10,000 fans, 21 plus, will get a can holder. That's also Negro League's tribute game uh, on that Friday night against the Pirates. So fans who purchase a special Negro League's tribute game ticket package will receive a vintage Lorenzo Kane Milwaukee Bears replica jersey presented by Aurora Healthcare. And then on Saturday, that's June the 8th, there's another theme night that night. That's Stranger Things Day. Fans who purchase a special Stranger Things ticket package receive a -a one-of-a-kind Brewers-themed Stranger Things t-shirt featuring Steve Harrington with a signature baseball bat. If you're a Stranger Things fan, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, you're confused, and that's okay. On June the 9th, that is a Christian Yelich bobblehead day, and we have some important notes to pass along to you on that one. That game is completely sold out. Don't even have standing room tickets available. With that giveaway, encouraging fans to arrive early to avoid delays getting into the stadium. They're going to open the gates two hours prior to first pitch instead of 90 minutes before to help expedite this process and just give everybody a little bit more time to get into the stadium so it'll be smoother and more efficient into the ballpark. And then, of course, on Sundays, they typically offer military members two free tickets when they show their ID on the day of game on an as-available basis. And with the game already being completely sold out, they will not have any available for military for that game, unfortunately. And uh, always encourage fans, if they can't avoid it, to not bring bags or backpacks into the ballpark. Um, If if you can avoid that, it's going to make your... uh, entry into the ballpark much smoother and much easier and it's going to help everybody else with the flow into the ballpark uh, be much smoother so hopefully if you can find a way to make that work you can make that work we hope to see you out at the ballpark it's going to be a fun homestand looking forward to seeing the crew back at miller park this coming week that's going to do it for us in episode number 154 of brewers on tap have a great day everybody we'll talk to you again next week from the walk brewers, 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 brewers.